Wow, amen. Hey, can we give it up for Pastor Jerry, our lead pastor? That was him from Uganda. He's overseas right now, and we are praying for them, and they are, they are at our Daystar Cathedral in Uganda. Man, doing the Lord's work. One more time, can we just bless our pastor? We love you, Pastor Jerry. My name's Simon Davenport. I'm the campus pastor at our Daystar Hartzell campus. So hello to my Hartzell people, hey, in Madison. And uh, it, is a, it is an honor and a privilege to get to preach. I love to preach. Also really love to hear Pastor Jerry preach. So it's a big deal to get to, to, get to be up here today. But today I've got some good news and it's this. It's that God wants to change your story. All right, put your hands on your heart right now. Pray this prayer right out loud. Say, God... Help me live a better story. So I am, um, I'm going to be talking about um, story, how we as people are hardwired for story. And I know you might not say, hey, I'm not a super uber creative type or you know what I mean? I'm not all into the arts and whatever. I'm just, I'm here to tell you that story is hardwired into who you and I are as people. And if we can change our story we can change our life with God's help. You guys ready to do this? It's gonna be a little bit different, but I believe that God wants to do something powerful here today. I wanna to start by just saying that I am, sadly, pray for me, in the kids' movie stage of life. Has anyone entered into a mo- the kids' movie stage of life where it's only cartoons, Disney Plus is all that's on, you know what I'm saying? I am there and I am the quintessential meme dad that like we sit down, me, my, you know, I'm almost my two-year-old daughter. We're gonna watch a little movie while she's eating. And then like 10 minutes later, she's bored and I'm crying, you know? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? She's gotten into our, our important documents. She's flushing our passports and birth certificates down the toilet. And I'm crying because, you know, Mirabelle and Encanto is the gift. You know, I'm like, she is the gift. I'm the gift. You know what I mean? And, and my wife's like, hey, where's, where's Lily? I'm like, oh, she's fine. You know, she's alive. I hear her, you know? Or uh, she's like climbed up on a counter and hanging from a chandelier. And I'm, all, I'm just in there like Moana of Montanui. I'm like, I am Moana of Montanui. You know what I mean? Like just positive confession. Like I, I love story. I'm a, I'm a sucker for story growing up I love you know movies and and fiction and uh and you know what it's 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 part of who we are we you and I we are we are drawn to like a magnet to great stories not because we're bored and we need entertainment but because God created us to be story telling you know uh creatures humans and and so let me let me unpack this real quick because God wants to help you and I change our story this morning um, I got some quotes uh, from a, some amazing storytellers. And so today we're talking about living a better story. I preached the everlasting gospel um, this morning in the first service, so I'm trying to turn it down. All right, here we go. It says this, the shortest distance between a human being and the truth is a story. And I love what Parker was talking about was when we get into scripture, the Bible we talk and we preach from, the, the, the parables of Jesus, we're gonna read a couple of those today. Those are all stories and we are created uh, to be able to receive stories and think and process um, information through stories. And so this is actually a pro, uh, something that Jesus modeled for us well, that the, the, sh- the shortest distance between the truth and our heart and understanding is a story. Another great storyteller, Mia Kuto, she, he read this, he said, really listen to other people and you're gonna realize that we are made not from cells or from atoms, that we're actually created. We are made from stories. Do you know that you are a story in the earth? 
that God created you and me to be a story in the earth. This is what the psalmist says. This is David. He says this in Psalm 139, 16. He says this, you saw me before I was even born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Talking about God's book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. What does that mean? It means before you were even a thought, you know, in your mom and dad's mind, a twinkle in their eye, you were already, the story of your life was already not only in the heart of God, but he had written your story out in his book. We are stories in the flesh on the earth. And here's, here's a real Here's a real heavy hidden one. This is from Maya Angelou. She said this, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. She was an author. So she was talking about, there's no greater agony than having this story, this book, this movie, this thing that you knew you were, you were created to, to release and having it live inside of you dormant. But I, I look at that through the eyes of, of how we were created and through the gospel. And I think, you know, um, at a deeper level, there's no greater agony than having a story, having something that God wants to do, a life that you're called to live, dying on the inside of you and never getting to see the light of day. I think so many people were created to live awesome, amazing, vibrant stories with their life but sadly, they take them to the grave. Today, I believe God wants to get us unstuck living the very best story. And so I, I think this, if you and I were to go to Barnes and Noble, we were you know, to go to the, to, to the autobiography section or a story section, we picked up the story of your life, would it be a story worth telling? Would it be something that we're proud of? Would it be something that we want our kids and our grandkids to know us by not just the events of our life, but, but who we were and what we really lived? You know, there's been so much research done and studies done that the way that we perceive the world out there, our minds, we're not like uh, human computers. We don't just go, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, that something about our minds takes information and we create narratives, stories. We, when we see things happen and when we, you know, when we explain situations, if you ask somebody, how was your day at work? It's, it's not like a information that's being communicated, but they're gonna give you a story, not only out there, but when we look at our own lives, where we've been, where, we've go, where we're going, what God's put inside of us, the people that we were created to be, when we look at our own life, we explain our own life through the lens of story, right? So you don't have to be a creative guru this morning for this to land. I'm just wanting to tell you that God wants to take the story of your life, turn it into a better story. Amen, you guys with me? So, so, so how do we take our lives and create a story worth telling? And right off the bat, I wanna say that a, like, a great story isn't a story without problems. Sometimes we think, man, if I had all my problems would go away, man, my life would be good, right? All the bills went away, all the setbacks went away. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know the, the stuff that I had to endure as a kid. That's why my story is all the way it is, you know? Um, so many people feel like we're a victim of, of what we experience in our life. But let me, let's take a look at what actually is a good story. What makes up a good story? And I'm not here to give you a boring lesson in, in storytelling and English, any, you got anybody that just loves English? Got anybody? Two people? I understand. It's more of a social studies PE guy. You know what I'm saying? I always got beat up in PE because I'm so big. Right? Anyway, so good story. There's, in any good story, we find one thing in all of them, a main character. 
And, and when we look at our life and the way we think about our life, we're, we're, we're always going to end up being the main character in our own life. And for a good story, you've got a main character that wants to do something that has a goal, that has a vision, that has a call, that has a, a promise, a destiny, oh, um, something that they want to accomplish in their life. But you know, and I know, that a good story isn't just a main character and what they want to do, but it takes what? A problem. If you and I are going to live a good story, we can't have problem-free lives because a good story is full of problems. And the stories that we love as people, that we watch on Netflix, fill in your favorite Netflix show or, or whatever, or those shows that I'm watching with my daughter and I get glued to, they're not just one problem. The stories that we love as people are what? They got lots of problems. All the stories that we love have lots of problems, but I think it's funny as people that's the exact opposite kind of an experience we want. We don't want lots of problems. We want to we have a, a thing we want to accomplish. We want it to be smooth and easy, no problems. But when we think about the stories that we're drawn to as humans created in God's image, we are actually created to be overcomers. That's why the gospel is such a powerful thing because Jesus even says, I'm not going to take the problems out of your life. You're going to have problems, but I'm going to give you power to overcome because he said, I have overcome the world, Right? And I think so many people look at their life and they say, man, my Christianity isn't working. I go to church, I tithe, I do my stuff, but there's problems. But I'm telling you what, God wants you to be a great story in the earth. And if you're gonna be a great story and if we're gonna live great stories, we have to be overcoming problems, right? The, the shows we love, it's like the more problems, the more setbacks, the more times their hopes and dreams go up in flames, the more times friends and family members die, like dead supporting characters. You know, whoever watched those shows were like, why'd you have to kill that guy? You know, like he was my guy, you know, like the, the more that stuff happens, the more we actually champion behind the main character. And it's a great story. The stories we, we think we like is like Lion King, like, you know, Mufasa. You guys remember Lion King? Mufasa, he's up on Pride Rock. He's anointed the next king. And then a couple of years go by, he like marries the girl lion and then he's king. Like, there's no Scar, there's no Timon and Pumbaa, Mufasa doesn't die. Like, those are the kind of, those are the kind of stories we think we want to live. But actually, a story without overcoming, without the Spirit of God who wants to fill us and overcome through us, without that stuff, it is a boring story. So let's talk about how do I live a story that's truly worth telling? A story that my grandkids, I, I really started thinking about this. We, we've got, a, um, we've got a, almost a two-year-old girl and we just uh, got the news that we're having a, a son. We just found out his gender. So I'm gonna be a dad again. Yeah, and it's gonna be a boy. And I, and I just had this thought, you know, if I never met my son before he's on the earth, um, would he know like who I am, right? By the way I live my life. Not just the events that I did or the things, the places I was at or the stuff I went through, but would he really know who I am? Like what my story really was if I, if I was to, if he was never to meet me. And I just, man, I, I just feel like God wants to give us great stories, especially right now. So let's talk about the first thing that you and I need to do if we are gonna live a better story. And it's simple, it's this. We need to get a vision for a better story ending. The Bible says without vision, the people perish. And when we think about our stories, we have these moments of time where we get this glimpse into the future. 
when I was, uh, I'm going I'm to talk a little bit, I hope you guys don't mind, about a, uh, something that's very um, uh, part of my story, and it's that um, I am, I'm, a, I'm a recovering, recovered alcoholic and drug addict. And I, was, I died so many times, or supposed to be dead so many times. Like, um, and that's part of my story. That might not be your story, but it's part of my story. And, uh, and there were so many times, and in, in those circles, they call it a, a moment of clarity. It's like you're in your life, you're doing your thing, and then boom, all of a sudden you see all the way to the end. Like, if I keep doing what I'm doing right now, this is what my story's gonna be. And there, there, those, those moments almost like shock us into, whoa, like, I, I don't want that. And, and to get a vision for how the end could be different, it's one of the most key things that we could do to get a good story. I remember um, I was 16. I've overdosed a couple times, and I actually didn't even share this in the, this first service. I felt the Lord really wanted me to share this today. And um, my, my parents were getting divorced. I had been a daily drink, uh, alcohol drinker, drug user for, for years. And, um, and, I, and I, was, I was battling with suicide and depression. And so I made up my mind at 15 that I was going to kill myself um, through, a, uh, through a drug overdose. And I was in a band. I was a drummer. I know this is heavy. Is this okay? Can I, can I talk right with you guys? I was in a band and I thought, you know what? I was, um, my parents were getting divorced. There was all this crazy stuff going on in my house and I was absolutely miserable. I hated my life. I hated my parents. I hated everything that was going on. And so for, for a next generation, let's not pretend that this, the things they're feeling and experiencing isn't real. There are real teenagers and young adults that are coming into this church and getting their life transformed. That's a great plug for a student ministry here. And I was, I was 15 and a half and I, and I, and I, you know, I sold some stuff and I, and I bought enough drugs uh, a week or two before one of the good, uh, one of the buddies in my, my hometown actually overdosed on a certain um, substance that was going around my, my hometown and he died and the whole town was all freaking out. But you know, the craziest thing, the saddest part about drug addiction is that when there's a, when there's a, um, uh, like word gets out that something had actually killed somebody, um, you would think that nobody would want that drug, but actually people go looking for it because they know it's, it's strong, you know? And so we got a hold of that stuff and I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end my life. And so I, um, man, I, I, you know, and I, and I did it on purpose. I, I ingested so much, so much drugs and alcohol that night that I, I prepared to die. We were, we were doing a, a, um, a gig, I was in this band, we played this house party and all these people came over. And by the end of the night, to make a long story short, I remember I couldn't stand up anymore and I felt, I I literally felt my body shutting down and I wound up on my back and I was looking up in this backyard um, and uh, everything was spinning. And I just, I, I, it was like, I felt like, like the lights were going on, like kind of coming like this. And I remember there was all these guys that I thought were my friends. They, they, I, you know, if you asked me, I told them they were, they were my best friends and, and, uh, and they were afraid that if I had died, that they would all get in trouble because of the, you know, the drugs they'd be. And so I literally remember lying on my back looking up, um, just hurting, man, just wanting my mom. And like, it was, a, it was a mess. And these guys that I thought were my friends were just standing over me. And I heard them talking what they were gonna do and how they could avoid going to jail for what I was experiencing. And I was just, I was, it was a dark moment. And when people, they, they say they have these near-death experiences, it is real. I don't know if you've ever had a near-death experience, but laying down in the back of that backyard of that thing and with all these drugs in my system, I remember something leapt out on the inside of me. And I was like, this is not the way my story's supposed to go. Like, 
Like I didn't know God. I had gone to youth group a couple times, you know, I'd, I'd, cause there was girl and girls and pizza there. So I showed up to youth group a couple times as a teenager. I had enough Christianity. I had enough Jesus in my mind. So I was looking at my life and I was dying. I literally felt life leaving my body. And I remember, no, this is not the way my story's supposed to go. I had no clue what God had for me. I had no clue that I would be on a stage today, like representing the gospel and, and, and sharing God's word. But I just knew that I knew this is not it. And my question is, is there anybody here when you look at your life today, you say, this is not the life I'm supposed to be living. Maybe it's not as dramatic as dying in the backyard of a party, but, it, but, but maybe you're, you're involved in relationships you're not supposed to be involved with. Maybe you're doing stuff that nobody knows that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Maybe your, your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe your health is, is in your life. Hey, one day, maybe I'll get healthy, like whatever. But God gives us moments of time, sec, just brief pauses in our life where we can see the end of our story. And God's like, if you wanna get out of this, I'll help you, I'll help you. And what I found is that those moments are not promised. I know so many guys that I've been to their funeral that had an opportunity to change their life, to turn to God, to make things different. And they said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll do it later. I'm gonna, stick, I'm gonna stick to my story right now. And guys, if I know anything, Jesus this morning is saying, if you feel that today, I want you to say yes to whatever Jesus has for you. There's a story that Jesus uses about getting a vision for a better ending, um, and it's in the prodigal son. I'm gonna read it down on my notes. Please take some notes, but listen to me just because I, I wanna make use, the best use of our time. And it's about one of these moments, these moment of clarity um, opportunities. And it's this, it says, um, Jesus tells us a story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want to share, uh, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide the wealth between the two sons, an oldest and a youngest. A few days later, the younger son packed up all his belongings, moved to a distant land. There he wasted all his money in wild living. And about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer Farmer to hire him, and the man sent to him sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was the, he was feeding the pig, pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. And I love this verse. It says, "When he finally came to his senses," another translation says, "The man came to himself. He said, you know what? Even the servants at my father's house are living better than this.'" right? We know he goes back to his father and his father embraces him and loves him. But I want, I want to take a look at, um, I want to take a look at, at, at the second point here of, of how we step into a greater story is that we have this come to our senses moment. And we think, you know what? God has something better than us. And the second point of how we, how we live a better story is we connect to a story that's greater than yours. And there's going to be moments where we have that, that, that shot of inspiration where God kind of rocks us and we say, man, what am I doing? What, how am I living? But you know what I found? How God really moves in the earth. He, he has these moments where he, he'll, he'll kind of give us a, an opportunity, but I found that he usually uses other people. That, that the way that God calls us into a better story is usually through someone else that's living a better story 
right? And that's the second point is we connect to a story that's greater than ours. I find that, that when God really wants to reach people, he can, who knows God can do anything whenever he wants to, right? He could, do, he could save the whole world in a second if he wanted to, but he's chosen to use you and me to carry his story to others. And the, the way that I've seen God do this the most and the way that I see God doing um, this right now in our church and across America is he's using people that have had this encounter with God, this changed story with God to inspire other people to live a better story. Um, we see it in the life of the disciples. We see it in the life of the people that Jesus connected with in the New Testament. They were, the, they were down and outers. They were prostitutes and they were um, tax collectors. But there were also like guys like Simon Peter, who, was a, who became a disciple of Jesus. He was just a business guy. He wasn't out here killing people and robbing people for money. He was in his father's business doing a good thing. But I've, I've learned this, that sometimes we don't even know that we're living a story, we're living kind of a, a story that's, that's not as good as what we could be living until we run into somebody um, that's living a great story, just like this. And, and we see Simon Peter drop everything when he encounters a story, truly a true great story worth telling. And so, um, and here's something else I found. As we, as we think about how do, I, how do I live a great story, we gotta get dissatisfied with the story we're living and then we connect to a greater story um, but, but something I see uh, in the life of Jesus, we're gonna take a, a look in a, um, a, a scripture here in a second, is that uh, so many of us and so many people, um, there's so many giants and there's so many people battling like demons in their life that they, they would hear a message like this or run into somebody that's living a great story and saying, hey, man, it could be different. It could be better. You could come into a life-giving church like this and see people's marriages and they look happy. They're not fighting each other and they're not at each other's throats or you could see people with, their, with something different, like the lights of their life are on. They've got something you don't have and it's attractive, but then you kind of, could, could kind of think about yourself and you're like, you know what, that's good for you, but you don't know the, man, the demons that I'm battling that keeps me stuck in this old story. When I, when I think about my life in God, it wasn't that I, I knew that God had better for me. I knew that I was living below, you know, uh, what my life could be. And it wasn't so much that, I just, man, I just didn't see any hope of my life changing right? Like I was, I was so caught up. I was so beat up by the world. I was so addicted. I was so depressed. I was, I was so messed up. And, and, and that when I, when I, when I would see, when I hear even sermons like this, I was like, that's easy for people that haven't lived a life like me. Right. And, and that's like fill in the blank. That's easy. Yeah. God wants to take my story and turn it into something greater, but like, I've got real demons in my life. I'm battling real things in my life. I've got real situations. I've got real financial hardships I'm up against. Maybe you're thinking, you know what? Yeah, it'd be so easy, like change my story, you know, woo. But, but you don't know me, man. Like I've got real things that are in my life that are keeping me bound up to my old story. And, uh, and that's, that's why I love the gospel. See, Jesus, when he came and he was preaching the gospel, it was, there was two parts to it. There was this, this thing that we're leaning into right now that, that he would meet people. And he'd say, hey, I know this is your story. This is who you, you think you are. This is what your life is. I've got this completely separate life for you. That if you say yes to me, I'll take you from this. And I've got something you couldn't even imagine I'll do for you. 
But there's a second part to the gospel. And it's not only do I have this call for you to do something amazing and and to live this life, but I will give you the power that you need to step out of the old story, to step out of the old stuff that keeps you bound up and broken and into something good. Because what good is it if Jesus is before us saying, hey, come come out from where you are and I'll give you this great life. I mean, so many people, so many people would have already changed their life if they had the power to do it themselves. You know, that's the thing I I love about Jesus. If I could fix myself, man, I wouldn't have needed his grace and his power and his forgiveness. But I found that God not only called me to something great, and I didn't even see the whole picture and none of us do, but he has the power, come on somebody, to change us, to set us free so we can live a better story. Let me read you. Let me read you another, um, another parable. Before I do that, here's a, here's a scripture, kind of a battle verse. And, th- and it's exactly what we're talking about, this two-part thing to the gospel. It is, this is Philippians 2 and 13. It says this, it is God who works in you. This is, the, the, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing in the life of, of those that, that are following Jesus. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. What does this mean? It means when you get a hold of Jesus, maybe you came in here and you're a guest. You don't even know what's going on. You're like, what story? Like, what's going on here, right? Like when, when we say yes to Jesus, start getting curious, the Holy Spirit begins to will. It means that it begins to breathe life into things. We start getting a desire to change our story, a desire to know God. I know that's my testimony. I didn't know anything about the Bible, anything about living right, but I just started falling in love with Jesus and coming along Jesus. And all of a sudden, I started getting a desire for spiritual things where I only cared about myself and, and, and what I wanted to do and my stuff. All of a sudden, God started giving me a heart to know him. That's what this is, to will. And, our, and But here's what's really powerful. God gives us the power to do it. Not just to want to change, but when we grab hold of Jesus, he gives us the power that actually begins to change our life. Is there anyone here that has this testimony? Come on. Come on. It's awesome. So let me read you another. Let me, let me get to another story. This is actually a real story that happened in, in, the, in the New Testament. I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase some of it. I want you guys to go home and, and check it out and read it. Maybe read it with your family, and it's this. It's, it's the man at the garrisons, okay? Uh, it's in two of the gospel accounts, and it's this. And they, when I, when I say, I'm gonna tell you a story about Jesus and the disciples. It says, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the garrisons. And when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. And the scripture says he lived among the tombs. So this guy lived in a graveyard, not starting well, all right? No one could bind him anymore. So he was, he was off the hook. No, I'm just playing. He, he, could, he couldn't be bound. So they would try to bind him with chains and shackles, but he would break the chains apart. And so he was somebody that society had outcasted and they couldn't restrain him anymore. I want you guys to think about that. This is somebody that, that, that religion tried to, 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 to bind him up and say, man, you should be doing better. You should be living better. And he was, he was bound up and, and he would break him apart. The thing that was in him that was keeping him in his own story was stronger than dead religion even. And so the best thing that society could do, they couldn't fix him. They couldn't bind him and keep him you know, safe anymore. So they just, they just kicked him out. They just sent him to the, to the graveyard. And I don't know if you've ever been here. If you've ever been just kind of dismissed because you're so, 
You're so far gone. There's, there's no hope for you. This is what this guy was. He was sent just to die. And before he was even dead, they sent him to the graveyard. And he would actually, he would cry out in pain. And the Bible says he would actually cut himself with stones. And I love this scripture. Let me, let me, let me put it up here for you. It says, and when this guy saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, crying out with a loud voice. And, and you know, this fall down before him and other translations, this actually means worship him. And this is what I think is awesome about Jesus is this guy was tore up, man. You couldn't imagine a more wretched, broken, hopeless situation. And yet when he saw Jesus, he, he saw hope. He saw, man, this is an opportunity for my life to change. I'm living in death. I'm living in death and I see Jesus and I believe something leapt on the inside of him. That's, I hope that's what's going on in, in somebody's heart in this service today. Something leapt on the inside of him. My story could be different. Come on, I see something in Jesus Maybe I don't have to live like this anymore. He runs up on Jesus, bows down and worships him. But then I think condemnation and guilt and shame and hopelessness and all the words that were spoken over this guy, you're never gonna amount to anything. You're a, you're a hopeless cause. We're just gonna send you out to die. All that came pouring back into his mind. And he's sitting at the feet of Jesus, realizing, man, this is my hope for a better life but yet here I am, stuck in my old story, stuck in death, stuck in this place of hopelessness. And, I, and, and, and this is where it, what came, came out of him. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? You know, for my Bible scholars in here, I always thought that this scripture was the, was the demon screaming out inside of him, you know? When I really study this out, I don't think, I think this is the words of a broken man of a hopeless man, of someone saying, you know what? I would love my story to be different, but you don't know who I am. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm battling demons and I'm, I'm a hopeless cause. And I think he looked at Jesus as, man, it would be so awesome for my life to change. It would be so awesome for these circumstances I'm in to change. It'd be so awesome for, to not be addicted to drugs and not do things that bring shame and, and pain and, and, and conflict into my life. And so I think he looked at Jesus. He's like, what are you even doing here? Right? And, and he even says this, I beg you by God, don't torment me. Don't rub in my face the person that I could be if I could change because I know I can't change. And man, I feel like that, man, I feel like that's a generation in America that's saying, don't rub it in my face. Don't, don't put this thing in front of me. Don't dangle this carrot in front of my face and say, hey, God's got all this great stuff for you. When I know me and I know the person I am, there's no way I could walk that out. There's no way that I could, I could live this new story that you're showing me, Jesus. And I love, I love the gospel. And I love the, I love the ending of this story. And I want you to go home and read it. But we know that, that Jesus completely sets this man free and, 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 and puts him back in his right mind, clothes him. And, and, and man, he, he totally transforms this guy's life. And it teaches us something that no one in this place, no one watching online, no one at any of the other campuses are too far for Jesus to set free and invite them into his story. No one. And I, I'm saying no one. 
No matter what people have said, no matter what your life looks like, I think there couldn't be a darker picture of hopelessness than this. And Jesus says, I'm, in, I'm inviting you in into a brand new story. And so let me, let me begin to end with this, that uh, the third way that you and I, we begin to, to, to change our story, to live a better story, is we simply have to begin to tell, we tell our story. Tell your story. Tell what God has done. Even if you're not all the way done yet and you're still in process, begin to tell who God is calling you to be. Even if you're still, even if you feel like it's two steps forward, one step backwards, begin to tell your story. Because the more you tell your story, the more you actually begin to believe it. It begins to get in your mind. And other people, you'll get around. And as you begin to tell your story, you begin to give other people permission to change. You know, sometimes we don't realize, but we're, you know, who knows that the Bible says that Jesus lives inside of us, that when we become Christians, that, that God actually begins to make his dwelling inside of us and that we don't think it, but I guarantee you, you're walking, you're walking by these guys every day, every day. People that know that their life is tore up. They know that their God's called them to more. They look at themselves and they go, I don't even know how I got here. And when you begin to embrace what God has for you and walk this thing out and begin to tell your story, you're like Jesus coming by somebody saying, hey, and it's not you and it's not me. It's, it's Christ that lives within us. The Bible says that's the hope of glory. We, we'll see people begin to, to say, you know what? I never even knew I could live different. But if he can do it in his life, if I can see this alive on, in their life, maybe God can do it for me. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna end today, I wanna give you a mental picture. It's in, um, it's in the book of Revelation. The Bible calls it the marriage supper of the lamb. Take, the, take this notes down and go, and go study this out. The marriage supper of the lamb. And it doesn't give us a ton of details about it, but it, it it's basically it gives us this picture um, at the end of the age, when you and I, those that are in Christ, and we're gonna be with him um, in glory. And there's gonna be this, this celebration where all the people that Jesus redeemed and, and changed their life, that, that have called Jesus their savior, there's gonna be this celebration. We're gonna be sitting around a table, right? Because there's a supper. There's, there's gonna be, I don't know how it all works and it doesn't really, there's some, there's some mystery to this, you know? And we're gonna be at this celebration. And I, I've always just wondered, what is this gonna look like? You know, what, is, what, what, what are we actually gonna talk about when we get to heaven? Because who knows what we, we can't really bring anything with us to heaven. None of our accolades, our accomplishments, our money, our, none of it. Like the only thing we really bring to heaven is our story. It's, it's the people we were, it's the, it's the transformation of when Jesus entered into our life and the things he began to do. Man, this is actually going to be worship and this moment. And so we're at this supper, we're at this feast and we're sitting around this table. And I just believe people are going to begin to, to testify and share their story. I, I imagine I'm going to be sitting next to somebody from, that was like a missionary to India or something, you know, they're telling their story of how they answered the call. There's going to be, there, there might be some preachers up there. I think there's going to be some, some praying grandmas, you know, sitting around that table telling how, man, they were interceding and, and new life was coming into the kingdom. And uh, I, might, I might be sitting next to a martyr, someone that gave their life for the gospel. Um, we're gonna be telling, telling our stories. 
telling, just telling the, what, of what Jesus has done in our life. And I think it's gonna become very apparent that the, these stories we're telling, they're not actually our stories. That this, this thing that God's done in our life, this, this new life, this taking us out of darkness and bringing us into light, these changing what was impossible and, and making all things new, these stories that we're gonna be talking about, we're gonna realize this isn't our story, that I'm actually telling the story of Jesus. Come on, when we get to heaven and we look at our life and we begin to, 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 to testify and, and, and proclaim what God has done in our life, it's gonna be so apparent that when we tell our story, that we're gonna be giving honor and glory to the only one who's worthy and that's Jesus Christ. And guys, I, I, I believe that God wants to, to do something in the earth right now in North Alabama right now and families and, and lives and, and all across this place, I believe God wants to take us, man, and help us live a better story and not just a better story of how good we are and how much, no, 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 the story of Jesus unleashed and alive inside of us. And guys, you might not even know what that looks like. I think so many people, when we think about letting God into our life and change, we, there's so many things we're, we're, we're afraid of. What is, what is this gonna look like? God, how am I gonna, you know, if, how am I, if, you know, if, how am I gonna pay my bills? Or, you know, I've got this plan of what I thought my life was gonna look like. And if I, if I say yes to Jesus and I surrender it all to Jesus, I, I might lose control of the story of my life. And I wanna tell you, you and I will never regret surrendering what we think our life story is gonna be on the altar and saying, God, whatever it could have looked like with me driving this thing, I wanna give it to you. Because I promise you guys, our lives surrendered into the hands of the greatest storyteller. Man, that's in, in, in all existence, we will never regret surrendering that to the Lord. But sometimes the first step out of that is saying, you know what, I'm in a dark story. There might be stuff going on in my life Preacher, you don't even know, you don't even wanna know about. But I'm gonna tell you today, there is nothing a part of your story right now that scares God, that makes God not love you. In fact, the gospel says he loves you so much that he sent Jesus to come and purchase you from that and to give you a new story.